Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about random topics. I'm Kev. And I'm Jack. Let's talk about journalism. Yes, sir. The big J, quote unquote. <laughs> Damn, bro. You, you're underplaying God. <laughs> Shout out to Jesus. <laughs> big homie J. Maybe the second biggest J out there. You know, Michael Jordan third, Jay-Z fourth, maybe. Juan Soto, you know, new king in New York. Let's go. Yeah, that's it right there, you know. What do you think of when you hear the word journalism? Like, what comes to mind? I mean, this is like obvious or like a dumb way to look at it, I think. But literally, like New York Times pops up into my head. Mm -hmm. It's like someone grinding, great writer that's like looking for like the story. Like that movie, The Spotlight or something. Like they're hunting down and it's like a team. And there's always like the director or I don't know, like the manager, the main guy that like people bring in the papers. Like, oh, how does this look? He's like this is close but there's more to the story but yeah i think of like that obvious like new york times old school for lack of a better word kind of media newspaper writer grinding in like a cubicle possibly with a typewriter there's a lot of those great movies like all the president's men and a bunch of these different journalism focused films and i do think the newspaper aspect and definitely these big kind of legacy media companies like the times are for sure a big part of at least like what we were told real quote-unquote journalism looks like and not saying it's not but like that being the primary example of course you know we have the new york route so that plays a part of it but the new york times is international and i would say they're still the biggest newspaper quote-unquote today which you know we can get into that more in a bit but i think for me i also think of journalism without the context of like the companies or even the writers and more just as something very formal and serious and like driven by information and you have to cite all your sources and you have to back those up and can't be just based off rumors and more objective even compared to our show you know we're very subjective very biased we don't try to hide that we embrace it And I wouldn't say journalism is like the opposite of that exactly because, you know, for certain topics, we still do bring in info, but we're looking at it through our personal perspectives. But I guess in that way, journalism to me, like I always understood the point of it. Out of anyone to talk about this, I'm probably like the least knowledgeable of it. But with that said, it does seem like to me, like very few people nowadays are aware of like the true... I don't know what to call it. Do we call journalism an art or a, a skill? I don't know. Craft, yeah. A craft in its like purest form because of that like move onto social media, the internet, that this like new form of journalism. Because I did say that like when I first think of journalism, I think of, you know, newspapers, New York Times and these companies and like the old school way of writing and whatnot. But that's not how probably like 90% of like all of us actually consume any sort of news or any form of writing well people our age at least yeah like it's the new age of journalism which is actually (laughs) twitter or x whatever you want to call it or you know wherever you get these news articles from or like short form of news articles or whatever it is how people are documenting very different than what we stereotypically think of like journalism or at least i do and 
I feel like the motive or like thing behind it has changed where like you did say it is very formal. It is something with like integrity and like it's, it's very or it should be very little feelings and more like facts. And this is the truth and this is how it is. But now we know like depending on what company or what, what organization or what news channel you're writing for, your political influence could be seen like in your writing or what you think your opinion is kind of like in your writing and it all seems like it's all so focused on almost like telling the reader what they want to hear i'm reading this because i do want to read why soto would be the perfect yankee i do want to read this because i do believe that whatever political party is doing this right or wrong whatever it is and maybe it's why i don't involve myself as much within it or that whole world but i don't know that's just kind of like how it seems like to me I don't know if I want to call it a decline, but the evolution of it or what it's turned to, I don't know that I'm the biggest fan of it. First of all, journalism as a profession is like way down from what it used to be. And to your point about how people consume things now, like there's not as much of a reader's interest, I guess you could say, in reading that particular kind, written form, very formal approach. And you see the different shapes it can take even just in general, outside of writing, which is what we know as the most traditional form of journalism, it's also videos and photos. I mean, photos were always part of it, but videos have become a much more prominent part of journalism now too. And sometimes that also helps even tell the story to document it. But I think with what you're saying in terms of reinforcing the beliefs or opinion or side someone already has, I think that also kind of mirrors with social media where a lot of people will only or usually mostly follow others who kind of share their perspectives at least like generally and so that keeps getting reinforced and journalism is supposed to be like more objectively in the middle and show you just the information without that bias and all that like you said we know that's not true a lot of places and i think there's so much resistance also to these more formal ways of media when individuals have voices now people don't want to go through these major media outlets because one they feel like they don't need them but also sometimes the stories can get twisted and people want to make sure that their stories are being told in their own voices without having to worry about what it might come out as i mean even we see that with you know musicians and celebrities who used to do big magazine cover stories and profiles and now just on social media, they connect directly with their fans and stuff. We've gained more access to everyone because everyone has a phone and everyone can share info. I think it's a pro that people can have their own outlets. I do think these bigger companies, because of the reach and platforms that they still have, and because of certain resources they can have with fact checking and all that stuff, can still be important in telling good stories and getting those out there. And I think it's also, for some people, it can be validation or recognition of something to have it published in, let's say, The Times, The New York Times. And you can look at pros and cons of both. But even with Twitter and Facebook and all this stuff, we've seen how misinformation can go crazy. Even with Twitter, for example, with Elon now running it, even less control over that kind of stuff. And there's for sure like a danger there too. I do feel like there could be a better balance. I don't know if we'll get there, but 
just in terms of the tools alone, like with the internet and social media, I feel like there could be a middle ground of having the informative stuff, making sure like certain things are correct and the wrong shit isn't spreading or at least being identified while still having like the more personalized opinion-based stuff. But I don't think we're there. I feel like it's kind of the wild, wild west at the moment. It's for sure at an interesting place. There's for sure room for both. It's one of those things, like, it's always good to have that side. Like, give your piece, your opinion. We see it in sports the whole time. Uh, shout out Derek Jeter for, like, creating the Players' Tribune, where it's, like, this platform for players to voice their things, and it's not through, you know, the beat writers that are, like, looking for the story and being provocative and, like, trying to make you, quote-unquote, say the wrong or right thing or whatever it is. It's like, no, here, shortstop for the Yankees, Jack Summer, like, say what you got to say, like, voice it out in however style you wanted and like say whatever you want and that's great like we want that and we love it we love podcasts it's one of the reasons we love podcasts is that there's like this freedom to say whatever you got to say and funny enough i even think some of that is involved with here john boy and them like in terms mm -hmm. of the sports side like just for context for people talking yanks basically yankees podcast by john boy media john boy and jake came up just as fans talking about the team. Now they also have connections to a lot of these actual beat writers, journalists, etc. They're coming at it from like a fan perspective, but they're super detailed and like following all the little pieces of info. They do reference the journalists a lot. And even just to give an example with this latest Juan Soto trade, the journalists can't officially say, okay, the trade is done, like it's official etc until they get the word because they have to stand behind that and that's part of what goes into that profession and their work but john boy and jake can say okay we see the tea leaves here we see what's being said we can say you know maybe it's not technically done yet but it's basically done no yeah i mean that's a great point i didn't even like look at it that way but it's almost like not having that title or that profession to be a journalist gives them the freedom of like oh, you can't do that. You're the journalist, but I'm just going off of your info, which is funny because like some of the episodes with the whole trades and whatnot, they'll even like talk to some journalists and be like, would you say or agree or disagree? Like, would you say that this is like the right direction? Like when they're talking to Brian Hoke or whatever, the actual journalist says like, I can't say that 100%, but you're going the, the correct route. Like, yes, right. I kind of agree. And it's funny, there's like this etiquette, but no, yeah, that, that is a fair point. But I think also... To that point like that idea of oh i can say whatever i want can go in the misinformation route also like even when joe rogan was talking about covid vaccine stuff blah 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 that can be a dangerous route too but in their case with talking yanks like they're acknowledging like okay here's the info that's out there here's our personal perspective they're using their fan position and non-journalist title to be able to speak on that stuff but if they ran with it and said you know something totally not based off the info then that's where it becomes something else where it's like yeah you can say whatever but you want to be presenting accurate stuff at the same time like it's a difference between theorizing and talking about hypothetical stuff or making predictions versus just saying some totally outlandish shit that idea of oh i can say whatever i want can go in the misinformation route also like even when Joe Rogan was talking about COVID vaccine stuff, blah, 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 like that can be a dangerous route too. You read more than me. And like how often in writing, let's say it's something political, 
is a writer journalist like showing both sides in the piece like equally i'm gonna write all the points why democrats say this and i'm gonna write all the points why the republicans say this and i'm not gonna say anything but you get out of this whatever you get like how often does that happen because i feel like that's where everything seems like it's coming from one side like if i'm writing a story about this person it's gonna be basically this side of the story and maybe you'll mention like oh this this other person said this but you won't go super in depth you'll just maybe a paragraph or a few sentences about it but it's not that it never happens but i would say it's like a common complaint i feel about mm. a lot of pieces and even with what's going on right now in Gaza, that's been a huge topic where even the New York Times, and especially the New York Times, has been criticized a lot for not only about showing the different sides, but a lot of it comes down to even just the language of words that show that kind of bias that we're talking about, or not being objective and not showing the reality of what's going on. Even, for example, like saying people migrated from the north to the south in Gaza instead of being displaced and things like that where you see these little words. And there's so many examples that have been pointed out for all these news organizations, not just the Times. I think what's important about being critical of those two is these publications do still have a lot of reach and those little decisions make a big impact on how people view the situation and it's irresponsible as journalists if that's the mantle you're taking not to actually show the reality of the situation in a matter-of-fact way it sucks it's one of the biggest cons and like <laughs> journalistic integrity or something i don't know and not that i'm super aware of it myself but you know like people do the posts like on instagram or whatever like oh look they're wording this like i have seen that before and even stuff with death, like they make it seem like it's accidental or blah, blah, blah. But no, it's like, it's murder, it's genocide. And that's like not there. And it turns people off. Like you question everything. And I'm not trying to read something and then immediately think you're lying or preach that you're saying like nothing but the truth. It's one of those things where like, I know it's not just me, but everyone's questioning everything. And like, again, who's writing this? And like, whose side is this person on? Everything I read... I've taught myself to like say or ask myself like what is the actual truth try to read between the lines like what is mm. this person actually trying to say and to me it shouldn't be that way I think it should be kind of clear and blunt be honest and everything laid out there but it doesn't feel like that nowadays it's kind of like you have to look for the agenda yeah I totally get that and I think it makes people also more trustworthy of hearing from people directly so like even in this case, there have been a bunch of journalists on the ground in Gaza who are living through this and their reports and their info, their pictures, their videos, their tweets, everything that feels more reliable and more trustworthy than a major news outlet because those outlets have that bias. And when you're actually seeing it from someone directly who's there, you can't get more reliable of a source than that. And even in this case specifically, you know, I would say Twitter used to be a go-to for new stuff. I feel like Instagram has really taken that over. And I feel like a big part of that is because of the visual aspect. It's way different than just reading an article. It changes how you're taking in the info. In this case, also, when you have so many things being questioned 
providing this visual evidence is like, okay, like what more do you want <laughs> to understand what's really happening here? That is true. Much easier to digest and visual is everything right now. It's just way more accessible and easier to do now. I think it's crazy also in this specific example how journalism is supposed to be just putting out the facts, like we said, and reporting on actual info around what's happening. And meanwhile, Palestinian journalists who are doing that are being literally targeted, putting themselves in extra danger because of that. And it all just goes back to like that information even being out there with social media, Instagram in this case, when these journalists are uploading footage, clips, info, etc., people can spread it on their own and it can go viral. It can, you know, be passed around. However, it doesn't have to go through these more traditional channels. And when people don't want that info to get out, when Israel doesn't want their shit being exposed, then you get people trying to suppress that information. And there's no protection for any of these journalists there. And it's literally more of a risk, not just to them, but to their families too. And they're still doing it. When you think of a journalist, you don't necessarily think of someone putting their life at risk for their job. But I mean, it's happening here. There's been 60 plus journalists already killed. And as of us recording, like the weekend before this comes out, like 17,000 plus civilians killed. And when journalism is being used as this tool to get the info out, it's just crazy to see it continue to happen without intervention from the world. Yeah. I do think also with the social media stuff, and we're talking about individualized voices, even if you think about like the quote unquote creator economy, like on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, all these platforms where different creators quote unquote have followings and it's become much more individualized in general. A big part of that overall is the human to human connection where you feel more connected to an individual. Sometimes that's not at all connected to journalism, but when you do put it through that lens, if you're seeing someone talk about something and you can clearly tell they're lying or they're not real or sincere, that can really come across. I do think that's been a big part of people who have been reporting like Bisan and Hind and Motaz who it's not only seeing a written text in an article and you're just reading that and consuming that without much of a connection behind it. When you bring in like the real facts and real reporting and real info along with someone telling it to you and you can hear emotions or just urgency or anything connected to that, I think it changes the way you take in the information at the same time, which maybe isn't at the core of journalism in a sense in terms of being like, 100% objective, neutral, etc. But I think to me, you can still be coming from the facts and the info, going back to you talking about you don't know where to look to actually find something that'll give you the info, maybe the individual perspective and like being able to hear from people directly is, I'm not going to say it's the only way for journalism to move forward, because I do think somewhere like the New York Times can do better and should do better. But it feels like that's one of the few ways where people can feel like they have a trust over the info. There's also like the challenge and the problems, I guess, of like this new world we live in with AI and deep fakes and all that, which mm -hmm. who knows where this is even headed. 
Is this video you saw real? Is this photo you see fake or is it even from this time? It could be real, but maybe it happened in the 90s and like you're just seeing it now and people are reframing it as that. I don't know. It's, it's like there's like challenges and problems in so many levels when it comes to journalism overall right now. Again, it sucks. It feels like it's it's like an art, a craft, a skill that is like being lost or it's like in the in a weird transition to something that we aren't sure how it's going to work or look 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now, you know. With the craft part itself that you're mentioning, I'm sure back in school you probably felt this also where you're writing an essay or something and it's like, oh, you got to cite your sources and you're like, oh, I, I know how to say this, but now I got to like find something from this credible source to back it up. I can't just put like a Wikipedia link or something like that. You know, growing up with my mom as a journalist, she like enforced that to me as well. I think when you're that age and you're just doing a homework paper or something, obviously it's annoying to do something like that. But when <laughs> the stakes are this high and it's dealing with mm -hmm. actual shit, that changes and I think that's super important to have and not that it's something where you know when we're doing pros and cons we don't necessarily talk about topics that require facts not only because they're through our personal lens but last episode we talked about music we might reference info about an artist or something but there's not necessarily facts there but then in these actual situations that require that level of info like in Gaza then you need that. And especially when, you know, you're talking about both sides of something, when you have one side like Israel, who's trying to put all this false information out there, you need the real info to go and combat that. And you need not only like the people on the ground who are reporting to get their side, but within the context of social media, you need the people who are calling out all these articles saying, no, this is not true calling out all the places that are posting stuff that is not correct and that kind of accountability for those things is something I think the internet can be good at. Because even like you're saying with when you read an article, reading between the lines type of thing, people's bullshit detectors, I feel like, are as high as ever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And people know how to spot when these things are happening. And so maybe there's a community part of that with the social media communities that plays a role in like keeping journalism legit or when there are these like AI articles or deep fake photos, videos, people able to point out like, no, that's not real or whatever it is. That is true. And I see that happening. You don't get called out anywhere any faster than in social media, like on anything <laughs> you say. The bullshit detector is there. If anything, there's like, I feel like there's people out there trying to look for mistakes Mm -hmm. which is interesting uh, how you live your life. But hey, <laughs> in a way, you're kind of helping, you know. So that is true. It, it could become like a thing where we're like double checking our own work in a way, making mm -hmm. sure the BS doesn't get out and like the truth actually comes out. Overall, the future of journalism is a big question mark for sure. The AI deepfake stuff, that's like a whole crazy future. Even crazy. Sports Illustrated got in trouble recently for getting caught publishing AI articles and stuff. <laughs> That's actually insane. The state of journalism right now, there's so many pros and cons all around that, I don't know, it's hard to narrow it down to like one grade for journalism, period. Yeah, that's a fair point because I'm struggling myself to think of one just in terms of how to grade it. I feel like, yeah, you'd have to break it up in parts. Journalism itself, 
like being a journalist to me it even feels like you know how teachers always feels like they don't get like paid enough they don't get the respect i feel like there's a similarity with journalism where like i don't know that they get the respect they deserve in a way with all the problems there is with journalism it's like give you props for doing what you do because i couldn't even imagine putting myself through the work that it's like taking right now to keep your integrity to give the right info and like write non-biased and getting all the right sources and all that the craft itself it's something we need as a society something that should continue and hopefully it never fully dies off it's an easy pro it feels like a profession or something that like a professional someone that devotes their time to it should be doing it there needs to be that balance in order for this whole thing to work with how our world is moving nowadays it's at a shaky place right now overall it'd be hard to grade if anything i say there's probably just as many pros as there's cons and like i'd probably be somewhere in the neutral side but i'd leave it at that and i do think the balance for the future is a mixture of the individual voices but also these bigger legacy media companies like the new york times who are still around to do better like it's not acceptable or responsible to just cover shit like that and it just makes things worse so i think journalism while some things like the formalness and all that the seriousness even sometimes can be a con as far as like how we like to cover things but when there are situations that required and need it that balance is key so i would say it's a major pro i think journalism how we knew it is changing for sure it's very up in the air right now so we'll see what happens but yeah that wraps it up for this episode of pros and cons i'm kev you can find me at same old kev pretty much everywhere and i'm jack you can find me at jack Lim summer summer with an o on everything and like one of the great writers of our time said the stories we could have wrote if our egos didn't take the pen <laughs> t hey that's a bar right there <laughs>